Welcome to The Dad Presents. Make sure you're following the show wherever you're listening. And wherever you are out in the world, spread that love and liberty. Let's go. Hello, my friends. Thank you for joining the show. I'm excited to talk to you today. We have got one great interview after another lined up for you guys the next couple of weeks. And then I'm off to the Medical Freedom Conference where lots of people will be live in the audience listening to me. How bizarre is that? Why would anyone pay money to any event to sit there and look at my ugly mug and listen to the dumb stuff coming out of my head? I don't know. The world's crazy now. People are doing it. I'll be there. I hope I see you there. Anyway, guys, we got some weird, weird stuff going on in the world today. Um, You know, the Inflation Reduction Act passed. We talked about it already. It's going to cause more inflation. The former president just Monday was raided by the FBI. We've never seen that before in American history. Absolutely bonkers. And, you know, everyone all over town's getting mysterious butt rashes, all kinds of crazy stuff happening. I don't know what's happening, but here are some facts. Let's not speculate. Let's just talk about hard, actual facts of what we are seeing in society right now. Okay. Straight facts. Here are some things we know. In the past year, We've had record inflation, record inflation. Joe Biden came on TV today and said inflation is 0% this month. I don't know. That guy does. That guy doesn't know where he is. So forget what he's saying. Inflation is at a record high. It was 9.1% last month. And that's just if you go by the, the CPI index, which is a screwy number. Inflation is more like 20%. All right. We have record high inflation. Fact. People are struggling to make ends meet fact. Food is becoming more expensive. Fact. There have been more than 100 food processing plants burned down in the last year in America. Over 100. Two of them got hit by planes. Two food processing plants got hit by planes and burned to the ground. Okay. Bizarre. There's food shortages all over the world. Bill Gates is now the largest owner of farmland in the world. Yes, Bill Gates, Microsoft, Bill Gates, Bill Gates, the, the guy who's always talking about the vaccines. That guy owns more farmland than anybody else in the world. At the same time, everybody's going hungry. The Inflation Reduction Act has allotted for 87,000 new IRS agents to be amongst us and to be armed. They spent billions arming the IRS. Seems weird. I don't know why the tax collectors need to be armed, but they are now armed and dangerous. Okay. Sri Lanka and the Netherlands, they're having violent riots in their countries because people are starving to death because farming has been shut down for ESG scores and Green New Deal policies. They're shutting farming down because of fertilizer types, this, that, and the other thing. It's led to Food shortages, starvation, and food that people can't afford. It's wild. The FBI is, is taking on political enemies. They've become completely politicized. They've, they've taken out political enemies of the Democratic Party, including Roger Stone, Steve Bannon, Michael Flynn, Donald Trump, and so many more. So I don't care what you think of those people. Those are the facts. Those are the people the FBI has gone after recently. They still haven't, they still haven't, you know, done anything about Hunter Biden or investigated that guy. And last I heard, they still 
stand by the letter the FBI turned in over a year ago stating that the laptop was Russian disinformation. That's still their official statement. So those are facts. All those things are facts. There was not one opinion in there, not one conspiracy. I just gave you facts. This is happening. Inflation, starvation, ESG scores, all these things are happening. Some weird, scary stuff happening out there. Okay. I just want you to think about that one. I want you to consider where you are at this point in your life. Are you happy? Are you safe? Are you prepared? Where do you think this is going? Now, on the raid at Donald Trump's house or Mar-a-Lago, I like it. I like it. I think it's a good thing. And I'm going to tell you why. And I know that's going to piss off a lot of you because, you know, even though this is a, a podcast for parenting and we lean towards libertarianism. I'm not a dummy. I'm not oblivious. I know more people in this audience come from the conservative side than the liberal side. That's just the reality of what my audience has become. And I'm fine with it. I embrace it. I love my conservatives. Come and get some. Okay. So I know that statement might piss you off a little bit, but give me a chance to change your mind. Here's why I think the raid of Mar-a-Lago is a good thing and why it's going to ultimately be a good thing. Because this can only go one of three ways from here right? Number one, Trump had something awful hiding in there. Maybe he had, I don't know, maybe that Russian hooker who peed on him, who they got the pee tape for, maybe he murdered that hooker and buried her at Mar-a-Lago and they're going to find that. Maybe not that, but maybe something massive. Maybe there's something massive Trump is hiding and it will be exposed and he will be held accountable. And that would be tremendous. Then we will, the world will be rid of Donald Trump. We won't have to worry about it anymore. We don't have to fight about it anymore. That would be great. Or number two, they don't have anything on Trump. They have nothing on Trump and they just raided the former president, an unprecedented move in American history. And they did it for nothing but to attempt some political gain. And as a consequence of that, Republicans sweep in November. Then they sweep in November of 2024. And the Republican Party takes revenge by prosecuting Hillary and Bill and the Obamas and Biden and everyone. And we start a brand new era of American politics where politicians are held accountable for everything they do, just like you and me, right? Hunter Biden, you're smoking crack on, on video. You're going to jail, right? No matter, no matter what it is, Sasha, Sasha Obama, you get a DUI. I don't know if that actually happened, but whatever, you go to jail, you pay for your crimes just like the rest of us. And I think that would be a good thing also. So if, if this is just a witch hunt and they got nothing on Trump and people get pissed off and they go vote for Republicans and now Republicans are mad and they're going to take action on the Democrats and put everybody in jail, I think that's great. And then the power might flip back and go back to Democrats and they'll put all the Republicans in jail for all the shit they do wrong. Good. We got laws. Everybody should be held accountable to those laws. All right. A third way it could go is it could fail. It could fail. They could have nothing on Trump and they realize they're in trouble come election time. So what do they do? They find a way to maybe, I don't want to, I don't want to say the word cheat because I'm not trying to get banned. I'm not trying to get banned or I'm, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to be called a terrorist, but let's say they got nothing on Trump and they see the writing on the wall. They know they're going downtown come November. So they, you know, they tweak things a little bit, little tweaky, tweaky here to make sure they can retain power. Well, if they got nothing on Trump and they come up with some kind of miraculous victory in November, 
I think we'll have chaos in the street. I think at that point, they will have manifested the chaos that they have been talking about nonstop. They will have manifested the insurrection that they won't shut up about. I think that would become a reality at that point, which would begin the beginning of the end of the federal government in the United States. I think I think the empire would collapse at that point. I think the federal government would fall apart. And I think we would retreat back to our roots of 50 independent states. And I'm on board with that too. So any which way it goes from here is a good way. Any way it goes, it's a win. Any, I'm glad they did the raid. It's a win. We're going to be better off at the end of this, no matter what. The, there's only one possible way this could not go well and end up putting us in a better position than a worse position is if they got nothing on Trump, he gets off, Republicans win in November, but they win with a bunch of statist a-holes like Mitt Romney and Cheney and McConnell who, who just continue the status quo of you know the passing power back and forth between statist Democrats, statist Republicans back and forth like we've been doing for the last 40 years. That could be the only way things don't improve. And that is a real possibility. That's going to depend on you guys. Anyway, guys, I got a great interview for you today. I got Hector Roos. He is a libertarian and he is running for governor out in the great state of Florida, the free state of Florida. He's going to tell us why it's not so free. And it's not. None of the states are free, but it's a lot more free than what we got here in California. So we're going to talk to him. But first, we got to have a couple words from our sponsors. As you know, we got two sponsors now. Number one, we got our old standby. We got expressvpn.com slash the dad. Make sure you're protecting your privacy and your data by activating a VPN for all your devices. Protect your kids, protect you, protect your wife. Don't let them spy on you. You get three free months of VPN protection by going to expressvpn.com slash the dad. Three free months. You don't pay till the fourth month. It's a great deal. You're sold. Go get it. Second sponsor we got is zstacklife.com slash the dad. zstacklife.com slash the dad. The Z-Stack is a product put together by Dr. Zelenko. Dr. Zelenko was one of the first doctors out there talking about alternative treatments for, for COVID outside of what the government was telling you, you know, about the little, which we don't talk about because, again, we're not trying to get banned. But there are other ways to protect yourself protect yourself by keeping the body strong with exercise. You protect yourself by putting the right nutrients into your body by eating, you know, delicious steak and, and delicious salad instead of stuffing McDonald's burgers and French fries down your pie hole. And you keep your body prepared to fight off disease by having a strong immune system by taking the right supplements. It's hard to take all the supplements. I used to have a cabinet filled with about, I'm not lying, about 20 different vitamins. And I would take them every day. Well, I don't do that no more. Now I got the Z stack, bitches. I got the Z stack. It's one pill once a day. You get all the vitamins. Okay. So go to zstacklife.com slash the dad. You get 15% off. You help your boy. You help the show. You feed my Asian babies. Let's get into the interview. Okay, guys, joining us now is Hector Roos. He's a member of the Florida Libertarian Party board, and he is running for governor of Florida this November as a libertarian. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? 
Oh, it's it's great great to be here. Thank you for having me. I've been traveling for the last couple of weeks, uh, hitting the campaign trail, great. and I, I'll tell you it's, uh, the reaction has has been in very is very positive and interesting, uh, especially with current events uh, at what they are. Yeah. I can imagine so. So yeah, let let's let's talk about Florida. That's where you're running. Um, my family we're from California. We actually bought a house in Florida last year because Florida seems to be a good spot for people seeking freedom. So that I want to ask about that. Um, I I always support libertarians. Um, almost every election, but right now it, it feels like the country we're we're kind of bordering on chaos in this country. And Ron DeSantis seemed to be the only governor who provided any sanctuary for, for people seeking relief from the, the COVID regime during the past two years. Uh, like I said, I just I bought a house in Florida because of that, and we're considering moving there. So by running against Santos, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure you get this question from a lot of people, sure. what is your goal? Uh, so the number one goal is to obviously expand the idea of what libertarianism is, right? and, what it's, and certainly what it's not. Uh, overall, if we can make DeSantis better governor in the in the in the immediate immediacy, that would be wonderful, uh, a wonderful thing, uh, of course. Uh, and if voters choose uh, to punish him for not being, you know, upholding his you know talking points and and really being somebody who represents liberty, uh, that it would be on his fault, not mine, certainly. Okay, all right. So you want you want to push him towards more liberty, um, and you feel. There's not been enough of that in Florida. Oh, absolutely. So what people, uh, you know, you're, you know, your first term home buyer in Florida. So you, you would have gotten in the mail something called trim notice, which is your basically you notice what uh, the what the proposed tax property taxes are for, uh, for you for your home there. Now, Florida does not have Prop 13. We do not have the special protections uh, that uh, that voters gave themselves from for, from excessive property taxes. Now, as a libertarian, I'd rather abolish the property tax altogether, since it's uh, it's it's not based on ability to pay. It's obviously intrusive, and uh, and frankly, it's uh, it's a it's a taking from politicians of our property rights. So, okay. uh, but with that with that said, there's a, a number of issues that uh, I hope uh, you were fortunate enough to buy your property cash, for instance, uh, because if you didn't, then you're required uh, by mortgage underwriters to have property insurance on it, which is the that yes. industry is imploding absolutely imploding and it's the direct cause right now for a lot of homeowners to basically lose their homes uh because they're you know when you're kicked out of your policy whether it's the public option or now the private option that's that's quickly exiting the the market you have uh you're ha- have anywhere from eight to ten thousand dollars extra a year in costs now how who can afford that when you're on a basically a fixed income salary nobody so you know very few people can afford that uh, and as a result the pain is being felt now and the the one thing I I, I want to push uh, Republicans who dominate really Florida uh, politics is is that get back to what you you guys have already always said to be the economic conservatives right this idea of limited government uh, and instead you know they've kind of ignored this issue and and left it up to people to just suffer uh, and and that's really where we're at uh, it's you know it, I go back to remembering uh, you know that whole phrase it's the economy stupid and that's really where we're at in Florida. A lot of people who, who are seeking Florida uh, for the right reasons, because they're moder- you know we do have a lot of freedoms here, especially compared to some other states, especially compared to California or, sure. or New York, for that instance. Uh, the, the at the end of the day, though, we want everybody to be able to have a home in Florida, not simply just an escape. Right. Okay. I get that. So let let's let's 
pull that thread a little more. So Florida, one thing that appeals about it is there is no state um, income tax, which is terrific. Um, you're talking about you want to get rid of property tax. So that also sounds terrific. But if Florida is going to have a government and they have no state income tax, they have no property income tax, is it realistic to expect government to survive solely on what would it be just sales tax at that point? We have a lot of sales tax. Uh, we have a lot of other fees and, and fees that are assessed to people. Uh, so the, the the number one, uh, and this happens all the time. This is a great com- this is a great question. So num- Florida's number one industry is tourism. It's followed by uh, followed by agriculture and and real estate development. So we we have this entire economy based on uh, and tax system based on those on those three principles uh, or industries. Uh, so property taxes by themselves are not. Let's just say property taxes on themselves are just a hidden tax. So we, what we have in Florida is basically we have a very limited protection from increased or runaway uh, property uh, property in tax costs, which is called something called save our homes, uh, which basically means that if you are living your home and homesteaded, then you uh, you, you have a, there's a, a smaller cap upon the increase for, of what your tax tax bill is. Okay. Unfortunately, that means that everybody else it's assessed against them. And if we're, especially if you're in a commercial property, that then those costs are essentially uh, put back on everybody. You know, they're just passing the costs on to on to consumers. Now, here's the question: You know, how big should government be? And in Florida, you know, the more taxes they raise, the, the simply the more bloated the government becomes, mm-hmm. without any without any tie to improve services. Right. Uh, and, and really, that's the, it's the, the whole big question. With taxes. That's, period. Yeah. It's the whole question that's been happening in Florida for the last decade, uh, a little bit more than a decade even. So uh, I I come to this because uh, you know I used to you know long t- some time ago I used to be a Republican and I just uh, and I a registered Republican I didn't know any I I came to libertarianism through Ron Paul and eventually I uh, I I joined the party because the Libertarian Party because honestly they weren't the, the, the talking points were great but the, mm-hmm. their their follow through was terrible and in, in fact. Uh, the, the opposition party in, in Florida is not the Democratic Party. It's the Libertarian Party because the Democratic Party aren't saying anything because they basically agree with what Republicans are doing in Florida, which means t- turning Florida into a very high cost of living state. Now, Florida used to be one of these southern states where low cost of living, a reasonable a reasonable scope of and size of government. And uh, after 20 years of, of just one, basically a one party system, uh, that this is what we, you know, this is what that leadership looks like. It looks like higher taxes. We don't have an income tax, but the on the other side of that, it just means that the taxes are are, are uh, the taxes that are issued then are just issued in a manner that's not transparent, not based on the ability to pay. It's regressive, and it, it's it's simply a situation that is volatile. At yeah. the end of the day, like based on property tax, property insurance alone, and I, I'm going to mix those two ideas because it's because of inflation. It's all uh, these costs are exploding and these taxes are exploding on people who uh, who simply just can't afford it. Yes. Yes. I, I, most people, I think at this point, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, whatever, are ready to get behind the idea of lower taxes because I think everyone is starting to get that that when you get taxed, the government isn't even necessarily spending that money on what they tell you that they're going to tax you for. So I think most people can get behind that idea. It's just a matter of getting the message out. Now, um, let's not, I don't want to get too much in the weeds on, on tax and whatnot. It gets a little boring for people. Florida right now 
is a hotbed in the news. It's crazy what just happened uh, Monday. I believe we scheduled the Sunday before uh, this even blew up. Um, you know, the, the FBI raided Trump's Mar-a-Lago. Um, and we've seen one politically motivated FBI raid after another over the past few years. Um, the, F- the FBI, there's we've seen circumstantial evidence around the FBI and January 6th involvement. We saw direct links between the FBI and the Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping, like they plotted the damn thing. Um, is the FBI an institution that the American people can trust anymore? And if not, I'm assuming you're going to say no. If not, what can a governor of a state do to protect the constituents of that state from the Federal Bureau of Investigation? Right. Uh, they're uh, feckless uh, book, book, bootlickers international in my book, right? <laughs> that the, the reality is that they're, they're not simply a danger to the American public. Uh, they, they're an active terrorist organization in America. I mean, this is going back historic. You, you don't have to be a, a libertarian, a Republican, or a Democrat to under, or something else to understand the history of, of violence on, on U.S. citizens by the FBI, going back to whether it was Malcolm X, MLK, or even more recently, you know, like you're saying the Gretchen, the Gretchen Whitmore uh, situation, and uh, you know, with her plotted kidnapping in the governor of Michigan, uh, that uh, that everybody in that case, everybody who was charged with a crime in that case was was uh, was the the case was dismissed. It was they couldn't prove it, make a case against them because it was all circumstantial based on the FBI network of informants. But the the, the point is that what can a governor do about it? Every governor. Uh, by either by statute or by their own dec- by their own decree, permits federal law enforcement to operate within the boundaries of their state. It's at the behest of the of the local gov- of the state government okay. to allow them Pause to participate. Right that's sure. that like that's a powerful statement. You're you're basically saying a governor can say to the FBI, "Get the fuck out my state." That's what you're saying. We I've never so, heard of anything like that happening in American history. Has something like that ever happened? Um, and are you sure they can do that? Yes, absolutely. It's it's federal gov. What's what's the uh, you tell me? What's the jurisdiction for any federal agency to operate operate at a law enforcement level uh, in a in a state in a state or or even a criminal uh, a, a, that is to say a criminal justice capacity? It, it's it's all been a, a state and local uh, a local response. That's their jurisdiction. So in, an operate, in order to operate, this is a state's right issue. This is this is something that's well known. These are documents that are that basically get signed, compacts or, or simply a permission slip. So this was something that we dealt with in Florida uh, regarding the J six matter. Because if you've never, if you've uh, if you don't know, it, obviously a lot of the people who went into the, the Capitol building on January six in Washington D.C. Uh, the a lot of those who are being prosecuted for for doing for trespassing uh, are from Florida. So what what the federal government ended up doing is that they uh, uh, they it basically sent in the Capitol Police ended up opening like three or four uh, offices in in Florida to help with the uh, with the investigation and you know they just go on in the sheriffs the, the count at a county sh- county sheriff level they allowed it to happen uh, the governor of Florida has been quite quiet on the issue they, there's there is no there is no permission slip there and yet that's what's going on. Uh, and and the we have to talk about the separation of of this national criminal justice and and state level because this is this is an issue that's going to keep coming up time and time again. 
We, you know, we've heard of, you know, nationally, whether it's internationally, whether it's the war on drugs or the war on terror, uh, you know, there is a lot of money being spent by the federal government to basically bribe local jurisdictions to cooperate, join in, you know, provide another uh, stream of income for law enforcement to operate on. You call them, you know, multi-jurisdictional task force, uh, you know, whether it's for, uh, you know, beating up uh, party goers in Miami Beach or, or trying to set up sting operations with money launderers from you know from another state. I mean, this is this is what's going on, and, and there's a back and forth in terms of um, uh, the really the nationalization of, of policing, which mm-hmm. is something that libertarians oppose. Yes, you know, any we actually support the decentralization, uh, making these a local control and and really transparent uh, what government is doing. Because when you have the higher you go, the the more obscure who's making decisions and and who's paying for it. Uh, really comes down to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So a governor, so again, a governor can do this. Has that ever happened in American history? And if it did, ha- it, let's say Ron DeSantis or you, you, you win governor of Florida and you say, FBI, you're out. Does that kick off a war with the federal government? What, what does that look like? But I don't know if you remember, but the, the, the scenes from the 1960s uh, where, you know, National Guard troops from other states would have to go into other states in order to enforce floor, uh, national decrees. You know, uh, that's that's not uncommon. I mean, it's historic. Right. You know, and, and frankly, it's uh, but if you know, when I become governor and, uh, and I'll get to uh, what that means for this election and probably for the next one, if Ron DeSantis goes run runs for, for president, uh, the, the the reality comes down to. Is is that day one? You look at all. You you have an audit of all the federal agencies operating in Florida, and you just check off the boxes. What is what has been authorized by legislature? What is not? Whatever has not been authorized by legislature, the governor has entire uh, their entire purview there. And you know, and it's like you have thirty days. That's what it is. You have thirty days to get out. Yeah, I, I I understand. To answer your question, no, I don't remember the 1960s because I'm a, I'm a young, attractive oh. man. I was not alive in the 1960s. I, I wasn't there, <laughs> but the images are pretty famous <laughs> about you know how yeah, do you, yeah. how do you have into, uh, integration right in, right in schools and the, you know what how, how does that happen right? Well, right. They, they had a, they a point of a gun. That's really what happened. Yes, yes. I I would love to see some of these governors get a set um and expel the FBI um out of their states expel you know the country was set up to operate as you know 50 individual states as 50 different experiments and over the long term it's not really worked out that way states rights have been stripped away in every possible manner regardless of how people feel about abortion this returning of the abortion rights back to the states is what our country was supposed to look like um and you don't even really hear that argument coming from the right at all that 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 forget arguing about should abortion be legal or not the argument should be this is how our country was designed to run for states to determine what they want how they want to govern their own people that's a good thing um i uh and I, i'd love to see more of that happening well, well, by the way matt have you seen that video with the uh, the atf uh, agent was uh, a base arrested by local police for knocking on somebody's door and asking, "Hey, let me see your gun." No. You ever saw- oh, it's wow. it, it's a it's something else. That uh, happened maybe, in Florida. Know, uh, no, I think it actually happened in California. 
okay. an ATF agent knocking on somebody's door randomly saying, "Hey, I, I, you know, I'm here with this uh, with this paper that says I need to inspect that you actually have this gun that you ordered online or something." And of course, the guy says, oh, "I'll be right back," and he calls the police and says, "And says there's this guy who just says he wants to see my gun," you know, he, uh, you know, out of the blue. Two police mm-hmm. officers come on the scene. He, the, the guy, the guy, the guy says, "I'm a federal agent. I'm supposed to be here." Doesn't show anything else. Just kind of wave of the hand, and they 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 end up chasing the guy and arresting him. All, wow. and it's all caught on body cam. The, the body cam footage is a, is a, is amazing ex- reminder of that there is a sep- there is this uh, local control in terms of a criminal a criminal justice response. That's really surprising that happened out here. Was, was the guy from the ATF, was he just pretending to be from the ATF or was he legit? No, he was, le- he, was le- he was legitimately from the ATF. And the cops yeah, still but- ran him off. That surprises me. That's no, they, they arrested. They, they definitely arrested him. They took him in. Uh, they, you know, be, the guy would just simply wouldn't be cooperative because, you know, he is he is the federal agent. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, with the, just thr- thrusting his chest out. But that's this is the conversation that we're having at a deal at a right now in America, you know, to what extent does federal agents have jurisdiction? And it's really only until local police says no, the local politicians say no, when the right. people say no. Well, there you go. So it doesn't, I, I understand you're saying like governors have the right to do this and that, like what's on paper is one thing, but it doesn't matter unless you have situations like that, where the local police are willing to enforce something like that. Right. So I, it's surprise. Yes. The police have the right to do that. And I'm glad they did that. That's awesome. But it shocks me that in California, the local police ran off the ATF instead of going along with it. That's that's terrific. Um, I don't think that's the sentiment here in most of the state. Like, I don't think most people would support that happening. Well, I mean, in that situation, it was, it was circumstantial. The guy didn't present his uh, badge. He, he didn't obey the lawful order. So you, you and, and this is a perfect uh, example of, of what you know what libertarians are calling for decentralization, mm-hmm. where you have you know the competing uh, uh, these competing agencies over who has the you know who has the the uh, responsibility in the situation, uh, and ultimately we want that competition between levels of government. We you know that's our our the American system of government, the experiment of liberty, uh, isn't simply you know we we've all learned it from high school or or middle school going on. That you know we have the um, we have this federalism issue. We have well, actually the local government. Uh, sorry, state federal government has three ter- branches of government: mm-hmm. executive, legislative, and judicial. And then we don't really get into this uh, this topic of federalism. You know where we have uh, not just horizontal se- uh, this ver- uh, horizontal separation of powers. But we have this vertical separation of powers that's so keen, and where we have you know basically states were just always meant to be sovereign mm-hmm. not in other words they're supposed to tell the federal government that you know this is these are this is our territory our jurisdiction to operate in you can this is yours that we yeah. agree for you to have you know because this is the constitution supposed to limit your powers here not not control ours yeah uh, and I now learned, somehow that's been turned around yeah i learned that in school i remember learning that uh, I wonder if that's even being taught in schools anymore. I know out here in Los Angeles, like they're so concerned with being woke. Um, the schools are now uh, giving like counseling to kindergartners about this pronoun stuff, making sure they have all the information. The kids are like five, six years old. It's it's sure. absolutely insane. Um Regardless of even how you feel about transgendered issues, like talking to kindergartners about gender and sexuality is crazy. So that takes me to the the Florida, the bill that was dubbed as don't say gay. I don't even know what the actual name of that bill was because the media did such a great job calling it the don't say gay bill. Per my rudimentary understanding of the bill, the bill just means that 
teachers from third grade and earlier and curriculums cannot be discussing gender and sexuality with third graders and younger, which seems very reasonable. Um, how do you, uh, you're, you're there. Give me a little more information about what is actually in that bill and how you as governor, would you, do you support it? Are you against it? What? So it's the Florida Parental Rights and Protection Act. Okay. Uh, and sounds it's, better. Uh, it sounds, it's from the fourth grade down. So the issue, uh, I, you know, I actually have to stand a little in opposition to this one. And the reason why is, uh, is because we have to, libertarians, we have to actually get away from this, this culture debate, whether we have these left wing wokeism, you know, issues that we're talking about. But on the solution is the right wing you know, culture wants to just get more government intervention in it. And they will culture war, they'll exacerbate the, the culture war. And, and basically, it's their version of right wing wokeism. So I, I disapprove of it for two reasons. One is that uh, it's it's a parental. They they say they're protecting parental rights, but it's an outright ban. So in other words, parents can't even don't even have the choice anymore. It's just not. A, parents can't even bring it up to. Hey, I want to, uh, I want us to work together and and talk about these issues. On the other side of that, the way the law was set up is that yes, it, it banned it from ages four, uh, sorry from grades four and down. But guess what? It actually in a sense legalizes it from grades five and up. So and and the the reality is that a a a liberal school district can just simply say, hey, you know, this, we're not prohibited from doing this. Look, look, this is what the, the law says. So anybody in grades five and up, just, hey, it's open season. We don't have to consult with the parents. There's no need anymore. We can just, we can go move forward. And now they actually have a law to point to that says uh, there's no prohibition against it. Okay. And rather than that, that's, that's the problem. It's just more intervention in actually what is parental rights, right? More big government or, or like I said, like I like to say is um, this is basically the expansion, the co-parenting model of government. So who's who's really the who, who's really in charge of the children's education at the end of the day? Is it the government or is it the parents? OK, I get you. I, I agree with you to to a degree. And, and, and here's why. Um, first of all, the cult, the culture war issues suck. They, they suck up all the oxygen out of That's this right. country, get everybody completely focused on you know, half a percent of the population who wants to use the other bathroom, what it, it sucks because then we're not talking about the economy, which affects us right. all a lot more. And all these wars that have been going on for decades. So the culture wars are a giant distraction. I agree with that. I agree. We don't want an equal and opposite reaction to the left's nonsense with more authoritarianism coming from the right. I agree with that, but sorry about that. that that's my alarm. Um, my question is for libertarians to win, like you're, you're saying you don't like what the left is doing. I think you're saying that, but you don't, yeah, want I don't like it. what you the don't... left is doing. I don't like what the right is doing. Right. But on something like this, that, that presses people's hot buttons so much, it feels like you got to pick or you're not going to get anyone to go with you. Like, what is your, what is your alternative to this law? Like what, what do you suggest and how do you get people to vote for that? So it's very, very simple. First and foremost is, we have to restore the rule of law as it is. So I, you have to understand in Florida, you have, we've had so much intervention from the federal government to distort really what, uh, and, and, you know, put funded mandates on these school districts. So if you want our money, you have to do this X, Y, Z without even telling the parents. So we have, um, I don't know if you've heard of what happened. You know, we've had a couple of high profile shootings, school shootings in, in Florida. Mm -hmm. In 2017, the, we had the, the big Marjorie Stoneman Douglas shooting uh, in, in Broward County, you know, this, you know, Democrat Bastion County, it's a uh, 70 percent, 70 something percent Democrat, registered Democrat. Uh, and the, the point of why I say that is because restoring the rule of law is so important uh, because 
And at the end of the day, when you ignore that, you just foment, you allow more of it to happen. So what happened is that finally a a uh, a jury, uh, a jury was in panel, a grand jury was in panel doing an investigation about the shortfalls of why things like the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas shooting happened in Parkland, Florida. They came out with a, a, a their re- report actually uh, two months ago, and their recommendation was to remove all for the governor to remove all sitting members of that school board. So rather than follow the, the, the rule of law, follow the you know follow the bouncing ball, they just not do anything. They just ignore it. Rather and then seek the culture war. Seek to the culture war because it's it's we're gonna defer to we're gonna defer this because it's too controversial. Politicians love to avoid controversy. So what we have to do is just have people with courage in elected offices. And frankly, it doesn't matter what party political party they are, as long as they have political courage, then they can they can do a lot. Libertarians, although are standing up. We haven't had to, and we want to sit at the table to do that. But the the why? Because we see such a lack of courage to do so. In you know, people should be resigning. Actually, two people of that school board district uh, did have resigned. So it's really a question about the other the other ten that are on that board. Uh, so that's really where it comes down to. We need we need to refocus on what's important. Follow the money. Follow, you know what's good for the students and parents, uh, and ultimately we. Uh, if we are supporting school choice, if we want parental choice, if we want different choices in, in the educational space, we have to stop with, uh, with you know, we have basically, we've had two years of, and Florida schools were locked down. They basically just started getting back to full. To, I mean, we we only stopped our, our, our mask mandates in Florida this past March. I mean, that's more than two years. That's actually two years to date of 15 days to stop the spread. And that's throughout the state. Yeah. Uh, so much so that that the Fed, the the FBI the, the FBI and the Department of Justice were publicizing these memos saying that the parents who were arguing against continued mask mandates uh, and demanding for for better culture within the the school districts they they should be considered domestic terrorists. Yeah. So now Wild. angry parents going to school board uh, meetings are have joined the long list of have joined us on that list by the way mm-hmm. uh, of of people uh, who are uh, considered domestic terrorists by their own government. Absolutely wild. That, 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 that's, that's really that's, where the culture war is. That's infuriating. I remember when John Brennan said that on CNN, like it's just wild that parents are being called terrorists. Libertarians are being called terrorists. That's all wild. I'm with you 100% on that. Um, I understand the parallel you were trying to make there with the school shootings and how we reacted to it. I absolutely support school choice as a dad, as the host of this show about parenting. School choice solves all these issues because you can take your tax dollars, you get them for your kids, you send them to the school. If this school's teaching pronouns and you like that, you send them there. If this school's not, you send them there. I get that. I support that. School choice would be amazing if we got that in all 50. But the the, the answer to your, to my question felt a tiny, tiny little bit like like a dodge. And here, here, here's why. We don't have school choice right now. It's not a reality. Um, kids do have to basically go to public school unless you, you have enough money to send them to private school. We do have the left pushing these gender ideologies in the schools. Parents really don't like that. A lot of parents, and they want answers to that. So if you don't support DeSantis's bill, which sounds like you don't, what do you do about this issue? So in Florida, in we the do current have situation. So Florida does have school choice programs. Uh, the The question is is really how how many people are allowed to be have access to it. So the school choice movement in Florida is actually very successful in electing a lot of people to to office, uh, both in the legislature and in school districts. But the the policies themselves they they they're 
I don't know if you know what happened over the summer with uh, Arizona. They they yes. passed awesome. the the, mm-hmm. the most expansive school choice law in in America, and it's okay. right next door to California, right? Yep. So the but the and of course the Supreme Court, Supreme Court just came in with a decision also that that says that public funds can be can go to private sources of education. Mm-hmm. So, but the and we're opening these up these areas up in Florida. We have a limited capacity for or in, in, under our laws. A limited capacity of how many students can enroll under these uh, basically tax credit scholarships or, or programs. It's basically, uh, it's we can't say voucher in yeah. Florida, but it's it's such almost the same. Uh, and the idea of expanding that is good, uh, but at the end of the day, we have Florida does have uh, we have we have to attack this from different perspective, different things. School choice is great, rental rights is is just as important. And I don't know by the way, I don't know about you, but I don't this. I remember this movement used to be called. The parental rights movement, not school choice movement. I'm not sure how parent how that got flipped. That parents were no longer important. It was the schools. Yeah, because at the end of the day, uh, and then we have to start this dialogue. Uh, in Florida, uh, we have actually uh, we have more restrictions on homeschooling than New York State. You know, for instance. So these are these are things to actually push back on. Uh, and you know, obviously, because of co- but the the silver lining of COVID, if you can even call anything about that, the lockdowns was. Was that basically a lot of parents unenrolled their kids from from public schools or curriculum based education? Uh, but that's still part of the, the conversation of school choice, though. Is it, it's expansive, so it's all types of education, whether it's private, parochial, uh, religious, uh, you know, homeschooling or home educators, uh, the public schools, the charter schools, the the magnet programs, the IB programs. I mean, all these are a realm of of school choice. Of, of school choice. Uh, the, the question is, is that do our parents have do parents have what they need in order to uh, participate fully with their children? And that's really what it comes down to. Uh, you know, a lot if you put up restrictions and barriers, it's just a barrier to entry uh, for 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 children. Uh, in 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 Florida, uh, we uh, the Libertarian Party of Florida is actively pursuing this the the home educator movement, trying to make it easier on people and trying to uh, or, or on families both on the subject of resources and as well as on a policy perspective. So we, we are working towards this direction, but that's the, uh, but that this is not, this is not a sexy conversation because, it, you know, if, if we want to make it, um, and what I mean by that is, you know, this is a grind out process. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the reality comes, the re- reality comes down. If we wanted to open up the entire market, the way it is, you know, really open it up, uh, you know, we would basically have to pass, uh, executive uh, mandates from the governor's office, based uh, reducing or, or uh, bypassing, allowing parents to bypass the heavy reporting requirements to their local school districts. Yeah, you know, because they're still tied there. Yes, I I, I get it. I, I understand what you're saying. So you you said it's not a sexy conversation, and and that's that's part of the problem. It's not a sexy conversation. It's a, it's not super easy to understand for somebody who's not deep in this stuff. Parents get fired up about this stuff and they want immediate answers, which is what makes it hard about pushing a libertarian agenda. You mentioned that it, it used to be called parental rights. Now it's school choice. And you're right. And and the reason the reason things like that happen is because the left is great at controlling language. This is something libertarians need to get better at choosing, finding catchphrases, thinking sure. we get so caught up in like policy and wonkism we need to like realize most people aren't like that we need to get some catchy some catchy shit out there right that people are going to uh identify with um 
you, I will you, tell you one thing. Yeah, uh, we have this great we have this great law in Florida that was based on a, on laws in like uh, Minnesota, which is the parent trigger laws. So you know when when parents are are fed up with the way that their schools are being managed by their local school districts, they can work with their teachers and actually uh, have a, a, a an election to take the school independent. So we have we have a handful of schools like this in Florida. But, you know, we have to, you know, we're the only people, we're the only party even talking that that law exists. Uh, and it exists because a Democrat 20 years ago, or more than 20 years ago now, have put on the put on the books. And the governor who who actually is running, we have, Florida's funny, we have a governor on the Democratic side candidate that's, that's used to be the Republican governor, sure. who, who actually made that, who made that, uh, that law even stronger. Hmm. So we, we have choices. The, the Really, the matter, again, is, 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 influencing the activist community to take hold of what they of the tools they have there's not it's not enough to just complain and attract attention from from the doj or the fbi because of uh because of their tactics it's 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 we have to challenge at every point and i will tell you uh i haven't we haven't come up publicly with this but even uh we have some, we have some schools in rural communities that have the, the support of parents teachers and even the teachers union in some places to take these schools independent yeah, that, you know, decentralization. That that's that's really that's really where it comes down to. That really excites me. That's the message that is, I think, easy to communicate that people are starting to get decentralization, um, decentralization of power. Power. You know, everybody's heard the, the, the phrase power corrupts and ultimate power corrupts. Absolutely. Something like that. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Everybody's heard that. Everybody understands that people are, are now starting to really get that from whether you're a Democrat or Republican, what we've seen in this country for the last 10 years. So that's the message we got to hammer home is this decentralization of power right. in the schools with our money. Uh, you're a big supporter of Bitcoin from what I understand. I, I, Absolutely. I, I read that. Okay. What do you hope happens with cryptocurrency, Bitcoin specifically in this country over the next decade? And, and so, what can we do from a uh, legislation point of view to, to help that? That's wonderful. It's a great question. There's there's two ways to really attack this: one on a policy perspective, and one on a personal basis. From a policy perspective, you know, uh, if when voters put me in the governor's mansion, I will tomorrow sign an executive order the next day, making uh, allowing state agencies to accept cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin as uh, as a form to receive it as a form of payment. Yes. So why is that important? Because the you know. Bitcoin or the cryptocurrency movement generally is a direct attack on, on legal tender laws. Yes. In other words, the, the right for us to, to transact in whatever currency we like uh, that's restricted by these legal tender laws uh, is, you know, is will be undermined by us, by the public adoption of cryptocurrencies broadly. Mm -hmm. So the best way of doing that is to accelerate the process of public adoption by allowing this, getting the state, the state of Florida and other states involved. It, you know, the, uh, I live in Miami. The local, the city of Miami uh, has actually created this program to to have their own coin. You know, good or bad, they they've tried to work in this direction where people are, will be allowed to actually transact in their own uh, in their own crypto coin. I would rather it be expanded to to the basket of cryptocurrencies. Uh, but the the reality is, we can do this in the state of Florida. I've seen it locally, and there's no reason why the state can't. If the, if a city can do it, the state can certainly. Uh, now, personally. And this is where it's really important. Libertarians are everywhere. And I don't even care if you're a libertarian or not. Uh, actually, you, you need to start forming. We're living in an inflationary environment. This is not going away anytime soon. 
You need to nope. set up your own agorist communities that can, can transact from producer to consumer. Yes. The entire it's a, the entire supply chain in cryptocurrency. Everyone needs to know how to how to how to basically work cryptocurrency, how to protect your your wallets, uh, and how to transact in different and different uh, very I mean different cryptocurrencies. The reality is that we when we've had a triple digit inflation. I mean that's mm-hmm. really what we're talking about triple digit inflation in a couple of months. Uh, and you're wondering, oh, the Bitcoin went down like this, and so did all these other ones. Okay, let, let's look at that. The reason why people had to sell off because all of a sudden everything in dollars became so unaffordable. So they they have to convert their uh, their uh, their some of their their holdings in cash. Yeah. I mean that's really what can happen. I mean yes, there was some manipulation here and there, but the reality it was nowhere compares compared to uh, the the amount of inflation uh, manipulation by inflation that we've seen um, and money printing. Uh, number one, we just have to get away. We have to have alternatives. The, the decentralization is one thing, uh, but when you start, really, what it means is just having alternatives uh, for for these services, and in this case, transaction, financial services, and, and financial transactions. Yeah, yeah. Bitcoin um, doesn't really become a, a hedge against inflation until it does what you suggested we need to do is people using it for transactions. Like I need some fucking eggs. I go to the egg store that sells me those eggs for Bitcoin. Once we get to that point and those infrastructures are being built, once we get to that point, now Bitcoin is a hedge against inflation. I think the easiest way people get intimidated by uh, Bitcoin and there's a lot of crap out there in the media about Ponzi schemes and whatnot. People just don't understand it. The easy, the easiest sell to a conservative or a libertarian about Bitcoin is that it is it strips away power from the Federal Reserve. It takes away the power of the Federal Reserve to control monetary policy and to keep inflating our currency by printing trillions every year. There's a limited amount of Bitcoin. I think it's 21 million or 23 million. That's all that will ever exist. So inflation, goodbye forever. um, Once we are using it as a means of transactions. And I, I think that's coming. I hope that's coming. What you said about Miami doing their own cryptocurrency. Love that. That's that's great. Uh, Communities taking it upon themselves to develop their own currency. That's amazing. But we don't want to get people uh, conflated with the idea of here's Bitcoin and here's a government controlled crypto on the city level. Fine. But, you know, we're going to build up to the point where the Fed is going to try to come up with their own coin, which is worse than everything we have right now. Right. And they they are trying that. The the, the point is, is that uh, cryptocurrency what's what's the main thing that we want to take away from this transparency we the why because we don't know we have an idea of how much dollars are in circulation but we don't know where it is in any given time anywhere in the economy you know when is it really going to hit the economy and cause all prices to rise the same you know at at once like we've been seeing the last couple months with cryptocurrency all transactions you know this is where people have to be be aware Cryptocurrency, you get, you can't track transactions, mm-hmm. but that's the trans. But that's the the key. We it's transparent, uh, and you know the the question of of uh, of inflation it, it is is really where is the money supply? You know how you know how is it being manipulated? Because the dollars are being manipulated, and in fra- and frankly, it's a policy uh, of of the federal government to use use inflation to to tax us, to tax our savings, to tax. Uh, tax every form, uh, every uh, asset class that we own, yes. because then support those asset classes that we have to just put more money into it, which mm-hmm. is just going right back into into their system in their system of taxation. Yeah. So at the end of the day, we, you know, uh, there we will have a long term debate about 
uh, in terms of cryptocurrency, do we, do we value transparency or do we value privacy? And there are coins just for that will do both things, and there are tra- there are platforms to trade that that do both things that protect both things as well. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, the big the big takeaway again is we have to get away from the U.S. dollar eventually, if not as soon as possible. Personally, I mean, people who 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 purchase assets, who purchase gold or silver, you know, the whole the you know the whole long term idea of hedging. Why do we do that? We want it because we don't we want to have some type of savings that's not subject to. Uh, short-term inflation. Yeah. We want to be able to. Uh, that it's always been the case. So uh, this is just an application in that direction that allows us to do way more and, in fact, build wealth. That's re- and that's the exciting thing about cryptocurrency. It is a transparent uh, currency that can be used now for transactions yeah. and that and be, and build wealth. Yep, I agree a hundred percent. And I, I think of an I think think of a future where like. You're paying your taxes in crypto to the government, which sounds like it sucks, but then the government wallets are public and they're spending that money and their transactions are public. It makes it a lot harder for the government to do all their shady bullshit when, right. when we can see what all their transactions are. I I, I love that possibility. Um, we're, we're running out of time. I have another one coming up in 10 minutes. So I, want, I just want to ask you, you, you win Florida. You're already talking about booting out the FBI. What is one thing you would do Right away, first hundred days that you have the you would have the power to do that every governor in America should do to give Americans more freedom from the federal government. Well, that's a great question. The the first ones I would have is uh, is uh, I, you know what I turn around with the pen and I would restore justice for I would restore justice for everyone who's been convicted of a of a of a crime under the federal war on drugs. We have so many people in Florida that are who basically have. Uh, a record, it's a, mostly a felony record that prevents them from getting a job, finding a place to live and getting work. So number one, if we want to open up, if we really want to improve the labor markets in our in our states, mm-hmm. that is the number one. Restorative justice is really important. And That's signing com, com, commutations or, or even pardons for people who, who have been guilty of simply victimless crimes or nonviolent crimes is, is the first thing to do. And pe- we have to set a standard for what justice looks like in America, not what happened with Mar-a-Lago. No, right. that we have to look at really where it matters. The the mm-hmm. people who can defend themselves with an army of attorneys, I, I'm not worried about them. Yeah, it's, I, it's people who can't. I love that. I love that. Like uh, America is up in arms over this Brittany Griner situation, and it sucks that she's put in prison in Russia. But most people don't see the hypocrisy that we have. I don't know a million people in this country in jail for the thing that she did. Like, why aren't we letting them go? So you're stating that that uh, governors could facilitate that by by taking back the right and federal prisoners could be released. Remember all this is funded from the federal government. So all the state prosecutions for, you know, mandatory minimums, uh, you know, the seeking out the war on drugs, it's all put, it's all from top down. So this is the pressure from the federal government. Once you start normalizing that it's not acceptable to have people languish in prisons for decades for for victimless crimes and nonviolent crimes, mm-hmm. it, it will start turning the tide in America. Because the same way that how legalization of uh, of, of cannabis uh, consumption in America has has been changing the same thing, you can you can do so simply with a pen. Awesome. Governors can do it all over. Awesome. Uh, I mean, yeah, you you you've given a couple things here that I know I'm certain Ron DeSantis is not supporting. Absolutely um, that, not. He sh- that he should be. So I'd like to see you push him in that direction if you can get enough support or maybe win this bitch. You know what I mean? Um, okay. Last question. Uh, 
First of all, tell people where they can find you, how they can support you, where they can learn more about you. And do you have a dog? Do you have a preference in the fight for 2024? Dave Smith, Spike Cohen, Larry Sharp, Amash, Rand Paul. Do you, do you have a preference? Uh, at, for 2024, I actually plan on being the ballot again because if uh, if if DeSantis wins re-election, he's, you know he's going to go run for, straight for the White House. Uh, and that means that there's going to be an open election again in two years. Uh, this is actually uh, – this election is 30 – is a plurality win state like Jesse Ventura in Minnesota. So I need 33% plus one. It's not inconceivable. You know, we have a lot of people, you know, Florida has become, the Florida government has become basically a gun control state. Number one, we've, they've raised the, the age limit to purchase firearms. Uh, they've expanded red flag laws. The national red flag law was famously based on Florida's red flag laws. Uh, and we have a governor right now who's been supportive of it the whole way. So that's what really what we're, you know, what we're fighting against as well. Uh, and, you know, I, I totally see us, uh, before we can say who's going to be on 2024, we have to see what happens in 2022. Okay. Yep. So if DeSantis does run, that does definitely leave a, a much more easier opening and pathway in Florida. And I, I would say in that circumstance, the, the ball's in your court. Like, why not? If, if Jesse Ventura did it, we could do it in Florida. I would love to see that happen. So again, where can people find you, support you, all oh. that? So uh, roostforflorida.com, R-O-O-S for F-O-R, florida.com. Uh, that's the same thing with all my socials. You can find me there. Uh, you can uh, find me on social media and you can donate to my campaign there too. Awesome. All right, people. If you really like appreciate what you heard, get out there, support, give a donation, whatever. Thank you so much for your time. Good luck. Uh, be watching. All right. Oh, you got it. Thanks, guys.